Hello, and welcome to Toddler Purgatory. I'm one of your hosts, Blair. Hello, I'm that other host, Molly. Hey, Molly. Hey, Blair. (laughs) Hey, what are we chit-chatting about today, Molly? We are chat-chitting. About, (laughs) it almost sounded like chicken, chat chicken. That was the alternate name for this podcast. It was either going to be toddler purgatory or chat chicken. Chat chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Today we are talking about raising your spirited child. Is that like spirited like you and me? Religious? (laughs) (laughs) As I was like preparing my like cheer. Oh, you were doing like a cheer spirit and I was doing a heaven spirit. (laughs) There are so many definitions of spirited. And one thing I really love about this phrase for spirited child, it was coined by the author of the book, Raising Your Spirited Child, amongst other books. She's written quite a few now. Her name is Mary Sheedy Kersinka. And according to this book, a spirited child is defined as a child who is more intense, Mm -hmm. persistent, sensitive, and perceptive than the average child. Hmm. Yes, and the thing that I really love is that Krasinka coined the term spirited when she was looking for information regarding her son and only came across words like difficult, strong-willed, or stubborn. She believed that framing the description of her child using a positive word, such as spirited, would help her to focus on her child's strengths. That's all you need. I love that for yourself. It's just like you got to turn. And it's so hard, too, but you just got to turn that like negative into a positive, rewire the thinking, just to make it work. Yes. Help yourself. Because the thing we don't want to get into is that kind of a ditch. That's not the right word. Divot? Nope. Rut. That's the word I'm looking for. Rut. There it is. That rut, this cycle of that we can get let our minds get into about negative energy or a negative connotation to what can be our child's strengths. Mm -hmm. It's the same way my husband and I are really trying to reframe the things that we feel are obstacles in, you know, as something as minor as getting through our day and something as major as making sure our son is a good and kind person in the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. (laughs) And reframing those obstacles as opportunities for growth, opportunities to find another way in. And I feel like that's what Mary Sheedy Krasinka was doing when she coined this phrase. And I love that, to be able to see your child's strengths first. Exactly. And also when you're going through, it's also like when you're getting that like behavior that doesn't do anything for your nerves. It's hard to see it as like a strength or something positive. Right. And it's also because we are fully functioning, adapted adults. Mm-hmm. And we look at this behavior like, Arr! but I got to tell you, Molly, reading through some of this stuff. Yeah. This was totally me. Really? When you were a kid? Yeah. Like some of this stuff, I'm like, oh, what stood out to you? Like, you know, tell us about your childhood or the things about your childhood that make you relate to these descriptions. Ooh, sensitive. Mm. Really sensitive. And it was like, kind of like not, and you know, it wasn't so much like I cried a lot as much as like things just always affected me. I'll put it to you this way. I felt like an open wound a lot. Does that make sense? Yes. So would you say that things that were like some people might perceive as minor, Yeah, you would take in a major way, for lack of a better phrase? Yeah, for sure. Like the way I was like, like if I'd be left out of things or if I was like yelled at, or I'll tell you this, even I remember like being like really young and watching movies and crying. 
Mm. And I look at my kids now, <laughs> like we were watching uh, Land Before Time. That one was a kicker for me when I was little, when I was young. And my kids were watching it and they were like, you know, they get sad. But I remember I would weep, like even as a little kid. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, this feels like something felt a little, I just felt deeplier. And I really think it's been uh, kind of societally like kicked out of me. Oh, that's interesting. And also, you know, part of it too, you know, is also maturity. But the other words that she used, intense, persistent, sensitive, and perceptive than the average child. Mm-hmm. Also looking at you, Blair, and knowing you as I do, like those words are also in your list of strengths as an adult. Come on, Molly. Thank you. It's true. Aw. It's true. So that's a good way to put it in perspective, too, if you indeed are sort of a grown-spirited child, (laughs) (laughs) an adult who has, you know, grown out of or grown forward from having been a spirited child that I can, as an outside set of eyes, definitely confirm that those are for sure some of your strengths. Yeah. But your list of strengths is pretty long. You better stop. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) But it's interesting to hear that. And I wonder if what your parents would think when they hear this too. A pamphlet was put out by the California Child Care Health Program, and it's called Caring for the Spirited Child. And I found it to be a really, we'll put the link in the show notes. I found it to be a really succinct clarification of what spirited is. They use very much the same terms and perspective as the author, Mary Shidi Kersinga. And on the list of ways to, things to look for in wondering if you indeed have a spirited child at home. Well, the first one is funny because my son is in a performing arts family. (laughs) (laughs) He has a actor mother and a, you know, actor, director, playwright, teaching father. But the number one thing is likes to perform. Check. And the other way they say it is hungry for attention. And I think that's an interesting thing. If your child likes to perform, that sounds sort of, you know, normal to me, if you will. I hate to use that word normal, but that sounds like something you might see common. Mm. Hungry for attention, loves being the center of attention. And then here's where it kind of leans into the spirited aspect, which is may feed on external stimulation, including needing feedback from others. Which is, and here's the thing. This is where I get like very defensive on being an actor is that everyone thinks, I mean, how many times, Molly, have you heard people say, oh, you must love attention. Be an actor, right? Yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot. But it's also like sometimes, no, I just really enjoy performing. And it's something that I like feel deeply and passionately about. And, you know, and I've honed in on a gift and this is what I do. And yeah, yeah, sometimes I get a lot of attention for it. And guess what? Most of the time I don't. (laughs) We get a lot of rejection for it is what we get. (laughs) I feel like that's the difference is like liking to perform versus like that like need, that hunger for like, look at me, look at me, look at me. I think that's a different. And it's a bit of like the next thing on list says insatiable. That's the other thing. Hungry for insatiable. They say demands immediate response from you and it's often not enough. Mm hmm. My son is an only child in a performing arts family, and sometimes it feels like a lot, but at a certain point, he wanders away. Mm -hmm. And I think that's maybe what we're looking for. If you're thinking to yourself, do I just have a kid who's going to be an actor? Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) My son insists he will not be, and that's okay. It's okay with me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, do I have an actor on my hands or a performer of some kind or a lover of the performing arts or... Is my reaction, my saying, great job, my saying, sure, I can watch it one more time, never enough. Mm -hmm. 
that mm-hmm. insatiable quality. And it's that thing of a demanding an immediate response from you. Right. I feel like a lot of this, when I'm reading this and thinking to myself, you know, as a parent, how do I know whether my kid is just, you know, gregarious or just a born performer or whatever? It's that never enough. Never enough. From The Greatest Showman. You know that one? I don't know that one. No. I still never enough. Still haven't gotten into that on YouTube. It's pretty good. Is Zac Efron in it? You bet your butt he is. Ooh, Zacky (laughs) poo-poo. We watched High School Musical for the first time, my son and I. He's five. Uh, Oh, how was it? Better than I thought it was going to be. Same direction. Oh, there it is. I mean, look, there it is. It's so fun. It's so fun. Some other things to look for if you're wondering if your child is spirited is a high energy level. And again, we're talking about toddlers. We're talking about five-year-olds. Yeah. Blair, you know a little bit about a high energy level three-year-old, don't you? Oh, I do. I do. I know it well. I know it really well. <laughs> you guys can't see Blair right now, but her face is literally on her palm <laughs> and kind of squished in that way of like, my face is never getting off my palm. I also, Molly, I also like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like my tolerance level is so low, right? That yeah. Sometimes the level at which the energy comes, I'm like, is this? Because like my husband can handle it. Right. He's like, oh, they're bouncing off the walls. She's nuts. <laughs> Look at her. She's nuts. And I'm like, she needs to be put in a cage. <laughs> oh, my God. Both of them in a cage. <laughs> right. And then, you know, like you see the kids on the playground. T- so it's like, I don't know. I feel like my like bandwidth for high energy or it is might be like off. I don't think I can handle it. Maybe because I'm a sensitive spirited adult. That's interesting. Well, you also bring up a good thing, which is like wherever we are is where we're seeing their behavior from. For sure. So some days I think to myself, my child is out of control. Who is his parent? Oh, wait, it's me. <laughs> Ugh, I'm doing a terrible job. And it's normally because, like you said, what my ability to be a fully present parent maybe isn't there that day. Yeah. Maybe I didn't get a, a good sleep. This just in, I never get good sleep. So, like, <laughs> we're dealing with our own obstacles here, and that's okay. So, when you're looking at your kid, I would say try not to take it on a day-by-day basis, Blair. If you're having... A low eng day because sometimes we got that low eng going. Ah, uh, yeah, and just short for energy. <laughs> and then that might not be the best day to ascertain whether or not your kid's spirited. I think it's a pattern of behavior. True. Yes. I yes. think you're seeing these things on a consistent basis. Yes, as far as spirited kids go, for sure. Yeah. Yes, and it doesn't have to be all the things we're telling you about now, but we're looking for these as possible signs. A pattern of behavior from your kid. Here's the other thing, too. So we have high energy level. And again, it's sort of like to an excess. So it's they say it's physically active, always exploring. That sounds just like mm-hmm. most toddlers and kids. Then here's where it kind of turns a little bit. Unable to slow him or herself down without help. Mm. Restless, fidgety, always on the move. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No sense of appropriate behavior and may not follow rules. Uh. And again, this is not just here and there. This is a consistent pattern of behavior that we're looking for. Got it. Yep. I also like, again, I hate this to make this about me, but as far as like what resonates with me here is being restless. And as a kid, I always felt a little bit like restless. Yeah. And I would get in trouble for it all the time. Mm -hmm. And I was never given an outlet other than the fear of things being taken away from me or being punished. Right. And so it's always like this thing of like, I have this, I always felt like I was like spinning inside sometimes. 
and I couldn't. I mean, this could also be like ADHD, right? Right. And it's like that thing that I felt like I was spinning, 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 and no one could like stop it. Yeah. Other than like threatening. And no one was taking the time to be like, thank goodness we have people like Mary Sheedy Kersinka who looked at her child objectively and was like, how can I turn this around? How can I turn this around instead of being consistently frustrated? Right. Which I feel like as a kid, like at times people were like consistently frustrated with me. Right. And I also spun it into funny. Oh, mm hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, to try and get out of getting in trouble. To try to get out of getting in trouble and also to, like, calm myself and put my energy out to, like, others to, like, laugh at this so I can, like, I'll give you this so I can, like, feel. (sighs) Does that make sense? Are we having a therapy moment? (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. Do you think that is it because the performative aspect of it or the making people laugh aspect of it kind of gave you somewhere to put that energy or was it? Like, I know when I was growing up, I used humor to diffuse situations. Like, I would go to sleepover parties, and the parents of the host kid would, the next day, tell my parents, like, oh, we would hear, you know, the tension upstairs between two of the girls would get high, and then we'd hear Molly's little voice, and everybody would laugh, and the tension would go away. Mm. Like, that happened on more than a few occasions, and it's... And I just, I loved using humor as that kind of a tool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I can also see myself using humor as a way to get out of stuff. It never worked with my parents, just a sidebar. (laughs) Forget it. But I'm sure I used it in in class to make my teachers laugh and think I was charming. Yeah. So do you think it was more like that you were using it as a device to get people on your side? Or was it a true outlet for that energy that you didn't know what to do with? I think it's both. A combo. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a a combination of both. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we might see this kind of thing in our spirited kid, just like you experienced. They might have that performing. They might have that energy level that's a little high. Did you have this, Blair? Has a hard time adapting. These kids are fearful of new situations, may cling to you, Mm. may need extra time to make transitions to new routines or activities, and then may be shy or reserved when meeting new people. So anything outside of their normal routine is a bit of a mind blow for them. Mm-hmm. Were you like a routine kid? Yeah, on some level. I wasn't much of a routine kid, but I remember like being in certain situations. So weird that this is being brought up because I do you follow Dr. Siggy on Instagram. First of all, shout out to Dr. Siggy. She's like this. I think she's like Swedish or Finnish or something, but she's got this sweet little accent. And she tells you exactly how to handle it. She's kind of like the Dr. Ruth of kids. I love it. <laughs> but she was saying this exact thing that if you have a child who's like in a social situation that's new or something and they're very shy, instead yeah. of like saying to them like, oh, go ahead, go, go, you know, which is something that we often do. And I remember that as a kid, that sometimes for some kids being brought into new situations, it's like their brains have to be like, beep, 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 beep. you know, they need a second to rewire. To compute, yeah. Right. And Dr. Siggy was like, instead of doing the push, take pull them back, have a seat and say, oh, let's sit down. Let's see what's going on here. Like if you're at the playground, if you're at a new playground or whatever, like, oh, I see kids sliding down the slide. They look like they're having some fun. Oh, look at those kids on the swings over there. Like It's like taking in the full picture. Mm together so they don't feel alone and also you're just like making the effort to like set it up so that it feels like a comfortable space to be in and I remember like being in situations where I was like oh no I can't handle this right now 
I need a minute. And then I would feel like my mom was like, will you please go? Because <laughs> your mom was like, I need to put down this fruit salad I need to, for this barbecue. <laughs> I know you've never been here before. You need to make instant friends. Exactly. Exactly. Which I think is kind of common with a lot of kids. Yeah. So I think it's like we we're saying, it's sort of, we're not looking for one thing here and one thing there. We're looking for like, a few of these examples, are they highly intelligent is another one. Mm. Do they need less sleep? Not me. <laughs> Not you. You're like, I need more sleep. Thanks for asking. <laughs> but that's an interesting aspect of it. And, and talking again about the energy level and the bandwidth that we can come into this with is like, be gentle on yourself. You, This is a kid who has a feisty temperament, who is extremely spirited, and who doesn't need as much sleep. So you don't get a nap. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't nap, so you're not napping. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. So take it easy on yourself and them, because that's a wild combination to me. I love this idea, though, of, like, the intelligence. Yes. Because I've met some kids who are brilliant, and I am fascinated and intrigued. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to think of it. They're so intriguing. They're so intelligent. They are, people will tell you they're bright, they're gifted, but they're a handful. They're feisty. They have this feisty nature, right? Yeah. They might be very demanding, we've heard. They are get easily stimulated. And they're emotionally intense. I think this is an interesting one to look out for. Everything is black and white, happy or sad. There is no middle ground. Mm. Now, for our parents of younger kids, this podcast is for everybody, but specifically parents and caregivers of zero to six. So as an infant, they might cry more than the other infants. Mm-hmm. And again, that goes back to extra sensitive and stimulated, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When they're miserable or happy or angry, any any intense emotion, they're loud and forceful about it. Mm-hmm. So again, we're looking for a pattern of behavior. We're looking for a few of these things, not just on one day your kid is feeling extra sensitive because I know I have a, a sensitive buddy mm-hmm. as a child. And then some days he is and some days he isn't. We're looking for, you know, a little bit more of a pattern of behavior mm-hmm. to think about whether or not these apply to your kid. Totally. When we come back, we are going to talk about how we can support our spirited children, our brilliant, gifted, feisty kids. Stick around. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 
Hey, everybody, we're back on Toddler Purgatory. What's up? What's up? We're talking about raising our amazingly gifted, feisty, spirited children in our worlds. And again, some of these individually we'll look at and we're like, but that's just toddlers. <laughs> Wait a minute. But that's just five-year-olds. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's just describing every child. But we're taking them, you know, all in stride. We're looking for these signs, more than one of these signs on a more consistent basis. Mm-hmm. So how, you know, now you're thinking to yourself, okay, this might apply to me. I think I have a spirited kid. My kid is spirited. Spirited. I'm buying all the books. Buying all the books. So here's a way to support your spirited child. You know, and this isn't on the list and I'm just going to say it. Do it. And the first thing, the first way to support your child is to support yourself. Ugh. That's it. Give yourself space and grace, as we say here on Todd Perks. Mm -hmm. Give yourself space and grace because mama... Dada, Grammy, I can't think of any other. I almost said boo-boo, <laughs> but that's not a thing. <laughs> you never know. Somebody might be boo-boo out there. <laughs> Bibi, boo-boo, baba. <laughs> Whoever you are to that amazing child, give yourself some space and grace. Give yourself those deep breaths. Mm-hmm. Get your sleep where you can and your downtime when you can get it. Because you guys are partners. So in order to be there for your kid, you have to be there for yourself. So just know that. For sure. And know that you. too, you are... You are separate of your kid as well. You know, I think that like, as always, you know, whenever we're out in public, especially, it's like that thing of, oh, yep, they don't always act like this. (laughs) Come here, get over here. You know, it's like that thing, you know, and it's like, they're separate of you. If that's how they are, that is how they are. It's not a reflection of who you are. Isn't that such a hard thing to do in the moment when you, even when someone isn't judging you, but you feel judged? Of course. Is like being able to say that in the moment is so hard. It's that's a good reminder, Blair. Like mm-hmm. even this week, my son was having a hard time at soccer practice and he's five years old. It's like under six. Like it's okay for him to have a hard time. But I was already stressed out about other things in my life and I'm fighting a sinus infection and I couldn't come at it. I, I wasn't a hundred percent at my best. Mm-hmm. And it was so hard for me to not look at the other parents who were there and just say, Oh, it's just because it's during our dinner time. He's never like this. He's just, he needs food, which is true. He was a little low blood sugar, I think. But also like, it's okay if he was just having a big emotion day. Yeah. You know, because you're right. It's so hard to not think of our children as a reflection of ourselves. Well, like we've learned in previous episodes, Blair, you know, how old is the kid when they suddenly realize that they're not a part of your body? Like their body isn't a part of your body? Something like one, two. Yeah. One, less than one. Crazy. Nine months old. Something like that. And for us, it's also hard. They do feel like an extension of us. They do feel like a reflection of us. Forever. Oh, definitely. So what can we do? If you, as much as you can, and again, space and grace, every day is different. Try to maintain day-to-day special time with just him or her. Now, going back to the thing about going outside of their routine, it can be tough for them. This might be a great routine to have at the same time every day, as much as you can. You sing the fa- your favorite song together. A book you both enjoy. You read the same book every day at the same time. Like, that's something they can depend on, look forward to. Mm -hmm. And the California Child Care Health Program says this establishes a trust that you will always be there and focusing on the development of a meaningful adult-child relationship, which someday is going to be an adult-adult relationship. They're going to be your adult kid. Yeah. You know? And so you're building that now. I have to say, too, for the spirited child that I think I was, and even something that you mentioned earlier is that I had a routine, but not much of a routine. And I think that was because of the fact that I moved around so much. Yeah. So I think that, and now looking at my kids and how my husband is with my children, 
Yeah. Routine is so key. Like he's a creature of habit, right? He's a creature of habit, which I find so interesting and amazing at the same time because he's been able to just like keep this routine with the kids and it's just works like the routine works and when I think about how my brain would always go 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 and how easily I was like always falling off the tracks or and not in a bad way right because it's made me into the person that I am and whatnot but the routine if had I had a little bit more of it I really do feel like it would have helped me Mm -hmm. more to regulate regulators mound up I cannot not do that whenever. I, what is that? It was a clear black night. A clear black night. What's his name? My brain's farting. Nate Dogg and Warren G. Regulators. <laughs> I'm going to listen to that on our next break for sure. I'm sure I've heard it before, but I love that. Oh, you have. Oh, I have to have. Not that your rendition wasn't a pitch a perfect. Thank you. You're looking. That's great, Blair. I agree. Man, this consistency is can be so hard in an inconsistent world. Yeah. If you're in a military family, if you are going through a pandemic. Oh, can't think of anyone who's going through one of those right now. What's that? Ugh. <laughs> never heard of it. Well, I hate that. <laughs> so your spirited kid might need a little more consistency. So try and lean on that consistency. Mm-hmm. Anticipate their needs. Because you know that they're going to have a hard time in situations, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So keep them informed. Say, this is what's happening next. You know, as soon as this book is over, we're going to wash our hands and have sandwiches or whatever, right? So you're giving them a little bit of warning about stuff so they can plan, they can anticipate. Mm -hmm. It's almost like just little tweaks. It sounds like little tweaks to me. Yes. To be able to just hook them up a little bit, right? With a little tiny extra moment. That's exactly what it is. It's just like the extraness that you have to put into it that you may not have to, you know, otherwise. Right. But with this kid, it's like, okay, they need a little bit more of this or a little bit less of this. Yeah. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. (laughs) See, your musical references are eternally cool. Mine are Matchbox 20. I mean, I might as well be like, next up, John Denver. <laughs> Not that John Denver isn't dope. Take me home, Country Road. That's a friggin' classic. I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying. Here's another great one. And Blair, you were talking about this earlier. One of the things that works for our spirited kids, and really all kids, let's be real, is positive reinforcement. Yes. Rather than the fear of being punished, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one thing I really like about this is that they say, be specific. Don't just be like, oh, good job. It's more like, I like the way you were able to eat your lunch with your friends today. Say the specific thing. Mm-hmm. I love that. And that's what that's going to stick in their mind, right? Oh, I'm getting positive reinforcement for the times when I was able to focus, you know, mm-hmm. which is great. You know, a lot of the stuff on this list is so good for all kids. It is. And I know that every child is so individual. Do your thing for your kid. But oh boy, this is good for every parent to listen to. Mm-hmm. Let them help, Right. Yeah. Uh, when they want to do things for themselves because they might need an, a little bit of extra autonomy. They might be a little bit more headstrong on a consistent basis. So let them. Mm-hmm. And they say anticipate. Again, that anticipate word. Anticipate. It may take a little extra time or be messy, but it could avoid a meltdown and promote self-mastery. Ooh, that's good. Oh, buddies. Yeah, we so good. Yeah. Allow it to be messy. It's okay if it gets messy. It's okay, right? Yeah. Ugh, 
It's fine. It's okay if their shoes are on different feet. It's fine. I feel like my child and all my friends' kids, like that's our biggest thing is like watching them get on their bike and ride away from us at the park and inevitably one of the parents goes, oh, your shoes are on the wrong feet. (laughs) Anyway, so I said to my therapist, you know what I mean? And then we go back to it. Yeah. Because let them do it. So they look cuckoo bananas. So what? (laughs) Yesterday we were on our way to dinner and I was trying to get my kids... you guys, I took my kids to the park. Thank you. I'm still getting over it. But my three-year-old was playing in the dirt. And like, we're about to walk to dinner. It's like, do you have to play in the dirt? And I like stomped over to her. Like, oh, here we go. We gotta go. playing in the dirt. And I was like, hey, listen. I told you. We're leaving. Stop playing in the dirt. You're getting all messy. And she looks up at me and she's like, but mom, I'm making a potion for you. And I was like, uh, uh, uh. and my instinct was like, great. Okay. Awesome. But, and I was like, stop for a second. And I was like, who cares, Blair? Who cares that she's getting all dirty? She's making a potion. And she had been making this potion for a good 10 minutes, a good 10 minutes where I was able to talk to my friend at the park. Right. Mm -hmm. Who cares? Let me tell you something. I do the same thing. Sometimes I come in hot and then they're doing something for me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I am a jerk There it is There it is, whoopsie, my bad Thank you, thank you, universe Got it, loud and clear, loud and clear Keep yourself <sighs> in check Yeah, <laughs> I know I hear you, let them do it, right? Let them do it And then the last thing for this section where I want to leave you with is To avoid labels This is on the list and it really stood out to me Like this made my chest hurt a little bit Yeah My kid is blank. Oh, you know, and of course it's those negative labels too, like what the author Kosinka was trying to avoid, right? Oh, she's always late. Oh, she gets so easily distracted. Mm -hmm. Oh, this, you know, blah, 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 blah. As if it's something that... Such a slow poke, this one. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they say respect her pace and style. So the things that stood out to me from this list about, you know, how we can support our spirited children is like like kind of planning and anticipating, right? Mm -hmm. Being ready to let them know what's coming up next, being a step ahead, if you will, Mm -hmm. and having that consistency and having that respect. That really stood out to me, that avoid labels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Their pace and their style is going to be different. They are separate from you. They're separate from you. And they're separate from what you, quote unquote, might have thought kids are like or she or he is going to be like. Yes. This is kind of like wild and kind of off topic, but I was just thinking like, we are just now getting in, not off topic, it's like kind of correlated, but we're just now getting to the idea of like clothes being size inclusive. Like we're just now getting into this idea. Yeah. We've always thought that sizes are from this to this and everyone's got to find a way to fit into them. Isn't that bananas? And I feel like we've also looked at people, children especially, we've looked at children the exact same way. This is how your children is, your child is supposed to learn. This is how your child is supposed to grow. This is how your child is supposed to do its ABCs. One, two, three. This just in, we're not one size fits all. I know. It's hard to remember that. We're not zero to 12. Mm-hmm. We're not zero, by the way, either. That's not a size. Too tiny. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Genuinely kidding. If you're a size zero and that's your body type, that's great. God bless. It would feel... I was never a zero even when I was a zero. You know what I mean? (laughs) But yeah, all bodies are beautiful and all bodies are different. And all kids are beautiful and all kids are different. For sure. They're individuals and, and we need to look at them that way. Thank goodness. Thank goodness! We'll be right back. 
I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought provoking experts and friends at Mindful Mama. We know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Hey, everybody, we're back and we're talking about raising and supporting our amazing spirited children. And uh, me and Blair just had a moment of just being so appreciative of the fact that every person is so different and every kid is so different. Mm -hmm. And we have to individually treat individual kids in the best way that suits them. Yes. Oh, I love them. No one says it was supposed to be easy. No. And some kids, you know. Their strengths are going to come in big. They're coming in hot. (laughs) They're coming in hot. And that's, I mean, that is like for sure. Mm -hmm. And again, like I said, like in reading the things of a spirited kid and really like connecting with it is that I was told for so long when I was a kid because I wasn't good at school. You know, I wasn't good with like sitting down and being quiet and reading. I couldn't get through reading long books and I sucked at math and like all these things. And it was just like all these like negative things just kept coming at me. But my thing, once I found my thing and my thing found me, it was like my world just completely opened up. Right. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine what my life would look like had I'd had that support when I was younger. You know what I mean? Had I had that support where people were like, okay, that may not be your strength, but maybe this is. Or this is your strength. Let's see how we can make it work in doing the times tables. Right. Yeah. Channeling it and seeing it from your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not about punishing these kids for their strengths. Right? Right. It's about showing them, teaching them and modeling for them acceptable expressions Mm -hmm. of anger, sadness, fear, frustration. How do they need help channeling it, expressing it in acceptable ways, in more appropriate ways? Yeah. And now we know this. You know, like, (laughs) it's not as if everybody was dumb then. We're all smart now. I mean, we're pretty smart, listeners. You are too. It's not about that. It's about there has been more research. There has been more resources. Like, we are lucky to have these resources. We're lucky to have people like Dr. Krasinka, you know, with these wonderful resources for us. So, yeah, let's lean into those. And also, I mean, I don't believe I have a spirited child. I have a child with a lot of spirit, a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't do these things on on a consistent basis. But I really empathize and I'm interested in spirited children. I follow this Facebook group called Raising 
I believe it's called Raising Your Spirited Child. No, it's not the same as the book, Raising Spirited Children, maybe. And the support level in that group is so wonderful. So if you are hearing this episode and you're going to get these books and you're thinking, that might be my kid. My kid's young now. Are they just a toddler? Are they spirited? I'm going to keep an eye out for these things. So get those resources and go online. There's a lot of great groups right now because you're not alone. Like we always say on Todd Perg's, you're not alone. Not alone. There's so much support. We're always there for you. You're going to have, you know, other people out there who are going through the same thing as you, who, and also who you guys can remind yourself, okay, who, this is challenging behavior. <laughs> this is going to be my kid's strength, my feisty, fiery, beautiful, intelligent kid, you know, and it's not about changing them. Mm-mm. It's about figuring out how to work within their parameters, how to help teach them how to channel and express those big feelings that they're having mm-hmm. in an acceptable way. And there's help out there too. Mm-hmm. There are beautiful, wonderful, amazing people called teachers who study this and who love being around and figuring out how to help your spirited child. What a gift. Whoosk-a-dusk. <laughs> You're not alone. You can send your child to school and there's going to be someone there who's like, I got you, kid. Yep. That's like, whew. Yes. And one thing I read in a parent's article called Four Traits I Learned from My Spirited Child. Mm. And this is written by the article's author is called, it's named Cheryl McGuire. And the four things that she said she learned, and this is a great way to kind of look at the long view of it, because the day-to-day you might think, I cannot get through another day. (laughs) Right. ah! Yeah. So try to, if you need to, go back to this list, which I really loved from this parent's article. She learned determination. Mm. She looks at her kid who taught herself how to ride a bike. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. 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 Because they are relentlessly determined. Mm Mm-hmm. Fell off, got back on, fell off, got back on. Taught herself to how to ride a bike in like a day or something. Mm. And she said, and then when I am... Tell myself, I need to do something challenging. She says, I can't remember her exact example, but something about I went to the gym and to try a new class with people I don't know and a teacher I don't know. And I think to myself, if my kid can fall off her bike and get back on that many times, I can start, I can take a new class at, at the gym. You sure can. And how amazing is that? Her curiosity, her daughter's relentless curiosity, (laughs) needing to know things, asking questions, asking questions, asking questions. She's like, yes, I need to be more curious. So she learned curiosity. And of course, putting into effect every day, having patience. She said, I am more patient with my husband, with my other kids, with my clients, you know, whatever Mm -hmm, it might be. mm -hmm. And I learned that from having this beautiful kid who taught me that patience is a gift <laughs> that I can give these people, right? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is empathy, is really putting yourself into somebody else's shoes and seeing it from their perspective. Blair, like you're saying, it is not one size fits all. It's not. It's not. And w- for your spirited kid, it especially isn't. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to look at it a different way. That's all, just a little different. And boy, isn't it wonderful to remember that those challenges are their strengths. These lights. These lights, man, that just really... Bring so much joy. And just from this conversation, I'm so inspired to, I don't know, to kind of like reconnect with myself to that little person inside of me. Now being an adult, where did that come from? Yeah. When you speak the truth, it opens a, a valve in your heart. Not a real valve, not a heart valve. <laughs> not a heart valve because I don't want to <laughs> have a heart attack right now. <laughs> it's an emotional valve. Yeah, but like I have the patience and I have, and I know now that like 
all those things that felt like that felt like I wouldn't amount to much. All those things that made me feel like I was so outside of what I should be. I now know, you know, it's yeah, you have the benefit of time and perspective that these kids don't have yet. 100%. And then I can help my kids understand and give them the empathy for themselves, patience for themselves, and then also with other kids. Yeah. You know? What a beautiful perspective you can bestow upon your kids. Totally. That way in. You give them that way in. And that's awesome. Look at us. Just solving the world's problems. <laughs> unless, you know, it's not an episode of Todd Perks unless one or both of us has a good cry. Yeah, I mean, it never fails. Oh, gosh. <sighs> okay. Good, Blair. I love that our listeners, our friends listening, thank you for sharing the benefit of your perspective, Blair. In all honesty, it's really beautiful, and I'm really grateful for it. So thank oh, you. Thank you. I'm glad that we talked about it, because I never really have thought about it, you know? Yeah. And then hearing all of it and seeing it, and it was like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, it really, so it's connected to something in you. For sure. For sure. So I'm thankful for that. Thank all of you so much for being here with us on Toddler Purgatory, a.k.a. Todd Purgs. You know, if you're having a good time, we sure are. Uh, we definitely are. We definitely are. We know you. Yeah, you are too. Come on, you are. You are too. You are too. Come on, come, come, on, on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You like to cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such a good release. And we would really love it if you, you know, threw up a rating or a review if you have the time. But regardless, we really hope to see you uh, next time here on Toddler Purgatory. Thank you, Blair. Thank you, Molly. Take it easy. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. 
So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.